0: What's up everybody, welcome to another titillating episode (laughs) I'm sorry, that's just a fun word Of the Unofficial Therapy Podcast This is Chris Kane, in case you didn't know Which is weird, you should know who I am by now Um, Thank y'all for tuning in, as always This has been a very fun week I've gotten a lot of response from my podcast last week About interracial dating and black representation Apparently that hit a chord But no one attacked me, no one came at me sideways, I think really people were just echoing their own sentiments which were kind of my own as well and kind of giving me their experience so I had women and guys, I had biracial and the white girl in the story, the black guy, they all kind of hit me up and kind of gave me their little two cents and they kind of got to the same consensus of it's hard for all parties involved which I think is something people don't think about as much I know I didn't prior to last week, for real like I'm thinking of how it is for a black man to date a white woman. Not really realizing how that is for the white woman. Because I'm not a woman nor am I white. So I couldn't really uh, put myself in a position to feel what that is until I heard from a couple and I was like, oh, okay. So it's weird for you too because you know, one, you're getting the same looks other guys getting, but you're getting all the vigor and all the hate and you're just trying to live your life. And that dude's living his too. and then flip the script. If you're a black woman dating a white dude, it's like, as a black girl, you kind of get looked at a certain way. But the white guy's getting looks too. Like, oh, look at him doing whatever he's doing. And it's, a, um, it's an odd situation. We should probably be past. But wanted to kind of recap that going into this one. Because of all the podcasts I've done, this one I think got the most feedback from people who I didn't know were even listening. So that's kind of dope. There'll be a few more listeners. So, you know, keep commenting. Keep letting me know what's going on. I want to impart more wisdom to the world because each time you guys talk to me, I learn something new. And hopefully when you listen to me, you learn something too. Ooh, with the rhyme there. Um, I want to give a a shout out. It's maybe the wrong word, but I want to give my energy to all my people at the Coral Gables Equinox location Um, without getting too in-depth. You know, last year this time was a real tragic time for a lot of y'all, and that's the club that really gave me birth in terms of training. I was training in college, but at a pretty low level, and when I got to Equinox, they kind of upped my game. That's what the company's supposed to do, and a lot of my friends and exes and, you know, people who who were there for me when I really started doing comedy for the first time were members of that club and people I consider to be friends and some were confidants and that kind of thing and I know you guys are going through a lot right now I wish I could be there you know I feel like me being around you guys makes your life a little bit more fun it does for me for sure but you know I'm out here trying to do my thing y'all are back there trying to do your thing putting pieces together so I know I couldn't go this podcast without giving some shout out to you just keep your head up you know, cherish life, keep moving forward, whatever lessons you can kind of impart from this, please do, because I think there's definitely some lessons involved there, so take them and go forward, and don't take anything for granted, and I think that's all that needs to be said about that. So, let's let's get into the topic for the day. This is kind of a, I've touched on this a little bit before, maybe not to this degree, so this week's about goal setting and goal achieving, which is something we all do, right? We all have various goals. Sometimes they're just basic financial ones. I want to make 80000 this year, right? Very straightforward. And some are like, you know, more, you know, impersonals, like, or interpersonal, whatever. It's like, I want to be a better listener. I want to communicate better, right? And then some are just all for you. I want to be a better version of myself. I want to, you know, be more patient and more kind. We all have, we all go through these. And I think sometimes the practice, of, the practice of setting goals, is sometimes lost in the achievement of them. What I'm saying that is, it's good to set goals because it makes it more likely for you to achieve the goal. But I don't know if we really consider what we do once we achieve the goal, right? I saw a quote recently by Kevin Durant. If you're not a basketball fan, this will probably go over your head. But uh, Kevin Durant left my favorite team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm still mad about that. To go to the Warriors, who were already the best team in the world. And then they won a championship last year, and he won MVP. And his whole career, he had already won, been MVP. He had won scoring titles, all-star, all that good stuff. But he was never a champion, so he was always thought of as less than because he wasn't a champion yet. The same thing with like the Charles Barkleys and Dan Marino's of the world, right? So then last year he wins. And you assume you've already done everything else in basketball. Now you're a champion. Now you're complete. I think he thought the same thing. And he said as much where he said, I thought winning a championship would fill the void that I had. And then when I won, I found out I didn't. And that's a really kind of profound statement. I don't think he was trying to be. I think he was just being honest. But I think sometimes we set a goal and say, if I could just get to this point, because you assume when you get to that point that all the answers would kind of be there, right? I remember being a kid. All I wanted to do was grow up. <laughs> I think this is true for a lot of kids because you're a kid and you're treated as such. So you like, you want say, you don't have any say. You want to stay up later and watch certain TV shows. You have a bad time. You want to you know drive, but can't because you're still small. And you think, man, when I get older, I'm going to do all this awesome stuff. And then you start getting older and you get your license. It's all right, cool. You get a little peach fuzz. If you're a guy, girls, you get like boobs and stuff. (laughs) And you start getting older. All right, cool, cool. But then you start getting ready for like college and like all that stuff. And then, you know, post whatever that is. Now you're trying to get a job. And then you realize, man, when I was 13, I was crushing it. Why was I such in a hurry to get old? Because you assume that once you get old, all the answers start coming to you, you realize a lot of old people don't have all the answers. It's like the goal and the achievement of the goal are are not compatible all the time. And it sometimes is tangible, right? I want to buy a house so I can stop paying rent to a apartment complex. right? That's a, that's a pretty straight up goal. You get a house and it's like, even if it's not the perfect house, like my boy Mark and my cousin Rebecca are going through, it's still... Nice. You don't have to pay someone else like that part of it. So it was like, yeah, I'll deal with the imperfections of the house because at least I got that monkey off my back, I guess. And I'm at least in a much more sustainable situation. But I don't know. I think the the goal thing in life is I just want to be famous. That's what I see a lot. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm in California. I'm in L.A. right? So I see it all the time. And it reminds me of something Jim Carrey said. I'm paraphrasing. I know I'm going to butcher it a little bit. But he said, essentially, I wish everyone could experience fame so they realize it's not what they actually wanted. And if you are on social media, which if you listen to this podcast, you probably are on some in some capacity. It seems like that's what the goal is for everyone, at least to be recognized by their peers, even if it's not famous. Maybe the fame is the wrong word. It's to be seen and to be individualized in some way. And then it's like, okay, so what happens once you do that? And I don't know how many people ask that question to themselves. And if you did ask the question, I'm not sure how many will have a good answer to it. I very I don't post as much as I probably should. I'm I get <laughs> chewed out a lot by friends and people who want to see me do well. And they say, you know, if you just did more... Posting, you will probably get more followers and more views, and yada yada. And it's just not really what I do for the most part. But I look all the time one, to see what trends are, two, to see what people are doing, three, to see what the people I care about are up to. Because I'm curious about their lives, I don't always have time to reach out to them. And I, I really see what it looks like to be a cry for attention from a lot of people, like guys, girls young, old, whatever. And I'm and I look at some of the posts, and maybe you guys do the same thing. And I'm wondering, why would you post this? What did you <laughs> what do you think was gonna happen once you did this? Is it like is that the is that what you wanted? You know what this is a maybe a dumb example, but it makes me laugh. You ever see a girl post a picture where she's like doing some thirst trap stuff, right? She's wearing something pretty Pretty, pretty loose, right? And obviously all the likes come in. That's fine. But then you'll see in the comment one dude who's just like, oh, so beautiful. Smiley face. And I always wonder, why? What are you doing? What, you think she's going to see this, the thank you? Oh, my God. David underscore 182 said I look beautiful. Now I'm going to have sex with him. Is that what you like, What's... What's your motivation behind that? What's the five thousand likes not enough affirmation that she's an attractive girl? Why would you feel the need to come with the quote? The little, the little kissy face. What 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 is that? I, I I don't especially if you don't live near the person. This may be someone in LA and you live in Memphis talking about, damn girl, you crushing that. And it's like, alright. Thanks. Now what? It's such an odd thing. I see it every day. Because I'm a trainer, so I have a lot of fitness people, you know, on my profiles and that kind of thing. And so someone be doing some workout and I'm I'm good with like the thumbs up, keep up the good work, the prayer hands, thumbs up, flex bicep. All that stuff makes sense to me. That all correlates well with fitness stuff. But I don't get the thirsty dudes. I don't get it. Like, and to do that and not at least (laughs) attempt to slide in a DM right like if you did that and followed it up with a DM slide i mean i guess i can't be mad about that because you set the tone with the compliment and then you slid in the back door but i think that's that's a that's a microcosm of what i see generally on social media it's i'm a post this to i don't know get likes or to get attention that's fleeting because in 10 minutes there's going to be 100 more posts on my wall and no one will probably see this again or if they do at least a smaller percentage and it's like what happens once you get all the likes and the affirmations right then what like you feel good about yourself now or now now you're, you're whole you don't have to post anything for a while I don't I don't really get it and I, maybe it's not the point of social media maybe I'm being a curmudgeon or whatever and I'm just being like this old dude I'm not even old but like being an old dude hating on young people like my but I don't know I think that's true of a lot of things I'll give you guys my goal or I guess what my my overarching goal is because there's obviously sub goals that go into this but mine's a little bit more abstract so I don't know exactly how to know if I've accomplished it or not which in and of itself makes it not a really great goal, but we'll just ride with it. So the main reason I moved out here and the main reason I do what I do is because my goal is to fully realize what I can be. That's what Eudaimonia, which is the company that I started, like my fitness company is named after, that's what my life mantra is. It's essentially the highest level of human Performance or whatever and I don't know what that looks like but the goal behind it is if I go all in on what I want which is this and I give it my all and let's say 20 years from now you know, I'm not in the industry anymore I, I bust out um, have a family, have kids and I just say you know what I'm not cut out to be the Hollywood dude let me just get 95 and kind of go for it if I give everything I have to this, then I won't have any regrets if things don't work out the way I want them to. And that's, that's the fear. Like, my biggest fear is like regretting or not giving my all to something. And the goal is to go all the way for what I want. So they, they, make, they book in each other. And I think of it like football. I gave everything I had to football, and then injuries shorted me. And then once I stopped doing that, I started training. And so that started a whole second career. I never thought about training until I stopped playing. So that's like, that's kind of an example of, I don't feel like, man, if I just tried a little harder, if I just rehabbed a little bit more, worked out more, like I was working out three times a day. I was playing with taped knees and ankles and popping, not like crazy pills, like Advil. All those things just to try to get on the field or try to perform. And my body finally said, no, this is it. And so I don't have any regrets for that. And that's what I want for this. Now, I believe if I give everything I have to this industry and to this lifestyle that I'll make it because I think I have a talent and a personality that can make it. But if it doesn't, then I can just recalibrate and kind of keep going until I find whatever my actual calling and my actual goal is. And so that segues into my next point of if you set a goal and you achieve it but you don't get what you thought the achievement would give you which is comfort or serenity or you know that feeling do you have a backup in mind? Like where do you go from there? Because if I'm someone like let's say Kevin Rams, since I used him earlier in the story Like he won a championship and finals MVP, but it didn't fill whatever void he has. I doubt a second championship and second MVP will. So how does he find satisfaction? How does he fill the void? Because to outside people, it's like, dude, you play a game that we all grew up playing, you make thirty million a year, you're gonna win multiple championships, you live in a dream. This is perfect. What are you complaining about? But if that doesn't fill his void, that's just your opinion on that. Like, what, like where, where do you go now? I think you, that's where all the soul searching stuff comes in, right? Because apparently he thought something external could fix something that's internal. And so then we have to kind of reassess what the internal stuff is. And I think that's what all this kind of leads to is what's your internal motivation for doing what you're doing because most of our, most goals are tangible things, right? So, what's your internal motivation for doing what you're doing? And if your internal motivation is like a skew, then I think whatever goal you set for yourself will also be messed up. Like I work in a sales-based job as a trainer, right? Yes, we're saving lives and you know putting the pieces together of people's psyche and all that stuff that goes into training, but ultimately. If I don't train people, I don't make money, right? So, it's ultimately a sales shop. And I know people, I know trainers. I've been a trainer for ten years now. That man, I want to get as many clients as possible. I ball out. I was like, all right. So you want, do you want the money? Do you want the adulation of being the top trainer and like the status that comes with that? Do you really just want to? Do you want to change that many more people's lives? Like, what is it that's moving you? Because I've seen, and I mentioned like Tiago on this before. I've seen a trainer hit number one, and it didn't fix all the everything. It didn't fix. It didn't, like. Oh, cool! I hit number one. Whew, now I can just rest on my laurels. It was now I got to stay number one, which is a whole different thing than reaching there, right? Um, and I've seen. So I gotta pull back the curtain a little bit. One of the biggest things about being a trainer at Equinox is getting to the level of bonusing which is just like a number they set out. And once you get to that point, you get like your first like bonus to your check. It's essentially like five hundred dollars to start off with. It can move up more and more depending on how many sessions you go above that bonus. But up until you bonus, you're really not making any money you can really feel good about. Right? So the pursuit is to get to bonusing. But it seems like as you get closer and closer to it, that's when clients start getting sick, and that's when people start. Uh, <coughs> you know, I think I'm just gonna miss this week. No, you're not. You come in there, you better take a fucking cough drop and figure it out. We gonna move, all right? But once you get to three or four sessions away, that's when everyone's duty is to help you bonus, right? It's like we have I have an immediate boss, and then they have bosses, and they know when people are close. And it's like one day left into pay period, and they say, "Oh man, Chris is." Three away from bonusing because when I bonus, I think they get some kind of kickback and it's like we all we all eat. It's good. And that's when like your boss may actually buy a session to help you get there. And hey, call one of your clients who meets twice to try getting a third time. We start doing all this stuff. And it's normally a crazy scramble to the end. And it is extremely taxing, mostly mentally, trying to like make sure no one falls through the cracks because you're any one session you don't get can ruin you one session away you don't get any of the bonuses you to hit the number you get nothing and once you get to that point like you're exhausted but literally the day after you get done hitting that bonus you start the next pay period and then you try to do it again and it's it's so like dramatic in the moment it really does feel like some kind of michael bay movie in the moment it's just like Every time a client says, oh, my kid, I to, can I reschedule? You got to, no, when? I can I can come in at 6 a.m. I can come in at 9 p.m. You start doing all this stuff, and it's like everyone's on the edge of their seat. Like, come on, you can bonus. You can bonus. We're all riding with you. And then the minute you're done, it's just like the ending of the first Lord of the Rings. I'm like, what? what? That's it? Oh, wait, there's two more movies. Damn it. Why was I so excited about this? Because it's not... It's not what you think it's going to be. When you get the check, the check is nice. But then you realize, I really, I can't go back now because now I've already been exposed to better. But it took so much to get to better that it's, don't want to keep putting energy in. And then it it kind of challenges you. Now, if you have the fortitude to stay into it, then, you know, you build past that bonus points where you have some cushion, we have like, you know, two or three extra clients. So if someone drops out, it's fine. You can kind of mix and match your schedule and make it work. But we had a girl at my last club. I'm not going to use her name because I haven't asked her. <laughs> to be honest, but when she got hired, she was kind of a new trainer, and I remember her telling me, "I don't think I can make it here. I don't know what I'm. I know what I'm, I know fitness, but I don't know exactly what I'm doing in terms of training stuff. I just want to be a good trainer. That's that's what she telling me. I just want to be a good trainer." She didn't tell me I want to make a certain amount of money. She didn't say she wants to retire. I think she, you know, came from a decent stock. I don't think she was like close to being homeless or anything. She was like, I just don't want to embarrass myself, I want to be a good trainer, whatever. And I watched her for the next X number of months slowly build her little empire. I saw, her. I said, okay, cool, I see you, babe. You're doing it, you're doing it. And finally, like maybe, I don't know, eight, nine months later, she was on the cusp of this bonusing thing. And I remember the email going out, guys, get ready. Somebody might join the bonus club. It was like this whole like, <laughs> like this summer, like this whole like, like movie making kind of thing. And I remember having those conversations with her when she was doing like three and four sessions. And now she's like around 40, 45 or something. And she finally bonus. And I remember talking to her, like, how do you feel? You finally accomplished your goal. Because I thought that was her goal, the bonus. And she said, I don't know, it feels kind of empty. I mean, I haven't really slept well this week. My workouts have been crappy. My boyfriend's mad at me because we haven't spent a ton of time together. And I've been getting home super late and then waking up early and he wants to, you know, check in with me, do the the good boyfriend thing. But I'm still kind of crabby about some assessment that went sideways or whatever. And... I don't know, the last two weeks have been kind of miserable. I don't think this is for me. And it was the realest thing that anyone ever said to me at the company because we've all, anyone who's been there long enough has reached this level that she's talking about. And most of the time, people are like, I got there. Now I got to stay here. I don't want to go back. And she was just like, I don't know. This isn't for me. I feel, I mean, yeah, I'm hitting the numbers like I'm a good trainer. But I want more than this. And within the next month, she was out. I don't think she's training anymore. Or if she is, she's doing all privates. And I think that was a really courageous thing that she did. Because she realized whatever goal she set in her mind wasn't really the goal. She, wanted, she wants to train people. She wants to help people. But not at the expense of her life. Which is, on some level, I'm being dramatic for podcast effect. But... At a certain point, you do kind of live at the gym, in what I do, and some of you guys may have different careers of this nature. If you're a real estate person, maybe you're just out showing properties in cities that are adjacent to your city, and you get caught up in traffic, and you get home late, and your girl or your guy—it's like, hey, babe, hows no, give me the wine, drink the wine, you pass out, wake up to the same thing, and you realize you're just trying to move units, man, and for what end? To get. Comfortable, and then you get comfortable, and you move into probably a bigger space, and then you take on more expenses. And then now you're not comfortable again because now you not to pay for the new expenses, and it kind of becomes a cycle. And so, I guess my point in all this is whatever your goals are, make sure they're congruent with what your internal compass is. Because if what you have driving you internally doesn't match what's happened externally, at some point your house is divided and it's going to fall down. Either you're going to burn yourself out doing something that you really don't want, or you're going to reach the goal that you set and not be satisfied with it and then feel like you either wasted time or that you got to find a new goal. but Maybe you put too much energy into the first goal, and it's just kind of a, a weird place. Gauge your internal compass. Ask yourself now after this podcast is over, and you've shared it with your friends on Facebook and Instagram and all those other profiles that you guys probably have out there. And really ask yourself, what is it I'm going for? And if I got there, how would my life be different? It's a question we ask in therapy. It's like the golden question. Um, like People come in, and they tell me they have a certain issue. Hey, ma'am, I just need, I just need help finding a girlfriend. And I say that's someone's issue. That's common. And you say, okay, if you got a girlfriend, how would your life change? And they would say something to the effect of, I would have someone to talk to. Um, I can have someone to share my life with. Uh, I want to have to stop going to bars and stop paying for drinks so I can save some money. Yeah, yeah. And so what they're really talking about is they want some level of companionship, um, someone to kind of, like, balance out their own situation. And so it may not be that they necessarily need a girlfriend. It may just mean they need a female friend in their life that they feel is, like, there to ride with them. Even like a female mentor could be could suffice on some level. The sex part you probably need a girlfriend for, but not always. It's it's often what people tell you their issues are and what they actually are trying to accomplish aren't the same thing. I wish I had more money. All right, cool. If you got more money, what happened? I don't know, man. Then I can I don't know stop stressing so much. I'm anxious all the time that I can't cover my bills and then my 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 guy's tripping and you know we have kids and and so what you want is stability you want less anxiety and you think your vehicle for that is money right so that's kind of how that situation goes down but you got to make sure that all those things are lined up and if they are then when you win an oscar for acting but then you end up like 10 years later like monique where you win an oscar and hollywood accepts you and 10 years later you're yelling at netflix because people don't accept you or they don't they're not paying you enough Or you've antagonized A certain number of people Like how does that How does that work out Like how do you go from 50 cents selling 10 million records For Get Rich or Die Trying To Alright I don't even Make music anymore Because people don't care about right? it, There has to be something There has to be something More to it Than just I want to sell records I want to win an award It's It's deeper than that If you find out What that is Then I think When you get there you'll be where you need to be. That's a good wrap-up. Thank you guys for listening, as always. I'm always happy to do this. You guys are a good outlet for me. This is therapeutic for me, as I hope it is for some of you. As always, hit me up on social media, at Sexy Comedy, on IG, and Facebook is Chris Kane. If you have any questions or comments, please hit me up, let me know, so I can possibly bring it on to the next show. And thank you for listening. Deuces.